Good morning, you guys. I'm so happy to be here bringing you the Sunday morning message. You know, Pastor Tim and his family have had a super busy week because Remington and Eric got married after so many years of dating. I'm so excited for them. So they're taking the week off so that they can just rest and recover, enjoy family time. So I'm just so honored and privileged. And if you've heard me preach before, you know I just get super excited pretty easily. But I really am excited and honored to be bringing you the Sunday morning message. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Megan Fondren, and I like to give my little disclaimer every time I have the opportunity to preach, just in case you don't know me, or if you've forgotten maybe, I just want to remind people that I'm a regular human. You know, I have a secular job right here in Montrose. I've never had any formal theology training. I've never been to Bible college. And I always like to say that before I preach or anytime that I have the opportunity, because I just want to encourage you, the average person out there, that God is calling you to do something amazing. And no matter what it is, he is going to be the one to equip you and empower you to do great and mighty things because it's him who has called you to do it. You don't have to be qualified. You just have to be willing. And I always like, you know, uh, compare myself to Paul because he was like the least of these. And he actually described himself as that in Ephesians. He said that he was the least of God's people, but yet he was chosen and he was graciously chosen to be the one to bring the good news to the Gentiles and tell people about the riches that are found in Christ. And we have that opportunity too, whether you're the least or the greatest, God wants to do something in you and through you to further his kingdom. So whatever thoughts that are spinning around in your head that you think are outrageous and are crazy, but yet you just know they're put there by God, I want to encourage you today to get out and do it. Get it done. If God is calling you to do it, you better get out there because it is time to have bold faith. We need bold Christians who are ready to say yes to the call no matter how crazy it seems and change this world for the better. But hey, that's why I like to give my disclaimer. Let's just trust in God and just see what he wants to do in us and through us. But with that being said, I just want to say that I have been praying for you to receive more from the Holy Spirit today. We've been learning about him for the last few weeks, and it's been my prayer all week leading up to this message that you receive more wisdom and revelation and knowledge of who he is so that you understand more of who you are in him and what you're meant to do. So let's dive right in, starting with prayer. God, I just thank you so much for today, and I thank you for this opportunity, and I just know that you want and you are going to do great things in us and through us, and I just know that you want to use this series as a catalyst to do something awesome. Lord, so I just surrender to you right now, and I pray, I proclaim, I declare, God, the benefits and the capabilities, God, the joy, the peace, the love, the power, the hope that we have by abiding in you and allowing you to do your thing within us. Let it be manifested today, Lord. And God, let your power be activated and put to use in the way that you desire. And we trust that your word is not going to return void, that is going to accomplish the purpose for which you sent it, God. We surrender to you today. Have your way in us and through us. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Holy Spirit 
We've been in this series, you know, this journey of learning who he is more over the last few weeks, and it's kind of a heavy topic, right? If you've been diving in a little bit deeper than just popping in on a Sunday morning, but this heavy topic is a necessary topic to study deeply, you know, especially in the days that we're living in, which I fully wholeheartedly believe that we're living in the last days, because the whole point of taking some time to study the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he's all about is so that we understand that we need to have a deep personal relationship with him because with a deep personal relationship with him you know we get to know God better because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we need to know every aspect of our Creator God. He's the Holy Trinity because a deep personal relationship with Him is necessary if we are going to survive the times that we're living in. And a deep personal relationship with Him is necessary if we're going to thrive with joy and hope and peace and love during these times that we're living in. Because without a deep personal relationship, without knowing him and without living and abiding in his power and his presence, we're just going to wither away to a shell of ourselves. And without knowing him and abiding in his power and his presence, we're going to be bound to fear, to anxiety, to self-love and to self-righteous living, which never satisfies, but only leaves us empty and hungry and seeking for more and more in all the wrong places. So yes, this topic is heavy, but we must study it because we must understand it. And the only way to understand something is by studying and more so than just popping in on a quick Sunday morning message. We've got to learn to apply it and study it on our own in our daily lives. So quickly to recap this series, we've covered how the Holy Spirit empowers and brings us power back in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and today. And we learned about Pentecost, how that Pentecostal power is for now, for us. And then last week, Pastor Tim taught how the Holy Spirit is actually a person with a personality. A lot of people, a lot of Christians, even myself included, refer to the Holy Spirit sometimes as the Holy Ghost. But, you know, he's not a ghost in the sense that we've come to know, like Casper or something. He's not some ethereal being that comes and goes depending on circumstances or something that we can't really physically interact with. He's not some transient being dependent on time and space. No, he's a real person with a real personality, with real power to enable us to do miracles, signs, and wonders so that people will see the good works that we're doing in him, for him, and through us so that they will give glory to their Father, to our Father in heaven, and come to know him as their Lord and Savior. So today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is God. So I hope you're ready. I just want to go over a few points or characteristics of the Holy Spirit that proves that he is God with, of course, scripture to back this all up. Because if I'm just giving you my own thoughts, my own opinions, I would never expect you to trust me. But when it's God's word, we know that God's word is true and trustworthy. So lots of scripture today. The Bible is very clear on the deity of the Holy Spirit, which means just like God, because he is God, the Holy Spirit is to be revered and worshiped and honored. So let me prove it to you, starting off with the first characteristic that I want to talk about today that shows and proves that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is eternal. 
God has always existed and he always will exist. He's always been and he always will be. Now this is very difficult for us as humans to wrap our brain around because we are finite. God is infinite. We are finite, meaning we have a beginning and we have an end. And then we are bound to a finite world that has a beginning and has an end. Everything and everyone that we have ever known or experienced aside from God himself has a beginning and has, or at least will have an end. So to comprehend infinity, we can imagine it, but we can't fully grasp it. So it kind of can be difficult when we think about the Holy Spirit as being eternal or being infinite because we haven't yet um, received our eternal glorified bodies that will be capable of receiving that whole truth. But we can agree, even if we can't fully understand it, that this concept and this truth that God is eternal. And since being eternal is an attribute of God, and that sets him apart from us, we can see in God's word that he also says his spirit is eternal, equating him and his spirit as the same. That's found in Hebrews, that's nine, chapter, or chapter nine, verse 14. And it says this, how much more then will the blood of Christ, which is God the Son, who through the eternal spirit, God the Holy Spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, God the Father, there's the Trinity right there, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. So this right here is saying that the Holy Spirit is eternal and God is the same. And we can accept and understand this concept, although admittedly we can't fully grasp it, but we can see that God is eternal and his Holy Spirit is eternal. But we can also continue to the next point of the Holy Spirit being God by the next attribute, that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. That means God is everywhere, all at once. Psalm 139, 7 through 12, I want to read for you this morning. And it says this, Psalm 139, 7 through 12, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings in the morning, if I dwell in the farthest ocean, even your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. This is God's word saying that he is everywhere. We cannot outrun him. And in this passage in Psalm 139, this is God's spirit that we're talking about here. If God is everywhere and the Bible tells us that his spirit is everywhere, that means that another attribute of God is described in his Holy Spirit because his Holy Spirit is a part of him. So he is God, which means that the Holy Spirit is in you and the Holy Spirit is in me and he's in all of us all at the same time. That is so exciting to me because that means he was with you while you were getting up, getting your coffee this morning. He was with you the other day when you were pouring your heart out to him in worship. He was with you when you were walking through the fire. He was even with you at your worst time when you were in your sin, when you were kicking the dog or screaming at the kids or succumbing yet again to that temptation. God was there. And he was also with you in your victory. Every victory that you spoke over yourself in Jesus' name, he was there. And he was there every time that you shared his love with somebody else. God is there. 
And what's more that I think is so amazing about our God, he's not just there, he is fully present. His entire self is there. And just like that song goes that we sing here so often, it's by Stephanie Gretzinger. I can't remember right, right now what it's called, but the, the part of the song goes, you don't give yourself in pieces. I love that about our God because he gives himself fully at all times if we're just willing to receive. And this is another concept that, that we can't really fully understand because not just himself fully, but his power is fully active, not partial, not just a little bit, fully there everywhere all at once. And the reason that we have another, or I mean a hard time understanding this concept is because again, we're human and we are bound to this finite mind, this finite world, and we are bound to our limit of only being able to give our full attention to one thing at one time. So we have this tendency to not, to either not understand a being who can do more than that, or understanding that God can be all places all at once in his full presence, in his full power. But that's who God is. We are putting him in a box and limiting him. So if we just let God out of the box and understand and receive the fact that he is fully there, fully present, fully at power in us and through us, guys, great and mighty things are gonna happen in us. We are gonna be changed and mighty things are gonna happen through us to the world around us so that people come to know him and experience the hope that we have, the power and the presence that we carry with us fully at all times. The world is gonna change when we let God out of the box. So I encourage you to do that today. And I want to look at what happened to Jonah because he's a perfect example of God being omnipresent and his spirit being with us in all places. You know, as the story goes, Jonah was given a call. He had a work from God to do. Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh to, to preach and to tell the people of Nineveh who were caught in their sin. They didn't know God. So God told Jonah to go and tell those people about him. And Jonah was like, um, nope. So we know as the story goes, that in fact, Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, like God told him, he went in the opposite direction of where God told him to go. How many of us can relate to that? Nah, God, that sounds way too hard. That's impossible. Those people over there, they're never going to come to know you. You want me to do what, God? Uh, nah, I'm out, right? I mean, if we could just wholly, completely trust God's plan, wholly, completely turn our fear of the situation into faith, man, guys, we would be unstoppable in Jesus' name. And I'm talking to myself here too this morning, you guys. But if we just keep striving and moving towards the goal and learning how to surrender ourselves and keep our focus on God and allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in us, that's the whole point of these kinds of series so that we learn how to do that so that we can become unstoppable. But anyway, Jonah ended up heading to Tarshish. Uh, he boarded a ship in Joppa, which remember was the opposite direction of Nineveh. He was heading somewhere completely different than where God wanted him to go. But the Bible tells us in this story that God arranged or God sent a great wind and a violent storm that ultimately freaked the non-believer, uh, the non-believing people who were aboard the ship, freaked them totally out. They're like, who in the world is responsible for this? Cur 
curse that's upon us. So they ended up casting lots and one thing led to another. They ended up figuring out that it was Jonah and his God who were responsible. So Jonah ended up being thrown overboard, but God was there. The Bible tells us in Jonah 1.17 that the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Man, that sounds gruesome because, you know, I, I study medicine so um, and I practice medicine. So in my mind, as soon as uh, we as humans, I don't know anything about animals, but as soon as we start eating something and swallow something, our digestion starts. So in my mind, I'm thinking, man, how is Jonah in the belly of the, the large fish for three nights and three days without starting to be digested? But I don't know, maybe he was. But anyway, finally, Jonah comes to his senses and from inside the belly of the fish, Jonah cries out to God and he prays in Jonah uh, chapter two. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. And he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead and the Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me away from your presence, yet I will look up once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord, my God, you snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out back onto the beach. That's pretty awesome. And Jonah and his running away from God's presence and his trying to run away from God's presence, he literally got himself deeper and deeper and deeper into what he himself describes as the land of the dead. Yet God was there. Jonah was only a prayer away from redemption, a cry away from restoration, and just a word away from his freedom. And you? You are not too far gone. You are not so far away. You cannot run from the presence of God. He is chasing after you. He is there with you. There is nothing that you have done. There's nothing that you can do that will take you away from God's presence. He is omnipresent. He is there with you. And you are just a cry, a prayer, a word away from redemption, restoration, freedom, salvation. So stop running today. Stop trying to hide from God's presence. You're just getting yourself deeper and deeper and deeper, just like Jonah. But God is there and he's waiting on you to say the word and the redemption is there for you because he is omnipresent and he is always with us. And so, you know, the, the rest of the story, I just want to share with you guys because it's so encouraging that when we finally submit 
to God, when we finally stop trying to run and to go over here, when he's asking us to trust him in the call that he's, called, or that he's asked us to do, Jonah, when he did that, when he was finally obedient, Jonah chapter 4 tells us more than 120,000 people were saved. And my prayer is, God, if you could just use me to lead a fraction of those people to know you, let it be done, well done, good and faithful servant. Let it be said, well done, good and faithful servant. But the moral of the story is, is God's spirit, the Holy Spirit. You cannot outrun him. He is always with us. He is omnipresent. And so I want to move on to point number three. So the Holy Spirit is God. He's eternal. He's omnipresent. And there's more ways that I can prove that he is God. And the fact, or in fact, the Bible tells us that, that he is, the Holy Spirit is omniscient as well. God knows everything. In Psalm 147.5, it says, How great is our Lord! His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. This proves right here what I was saying earlier, that we cannot wrap our minds around who God is and how great He is. 1 John 3.20 says, God is greater than our feelings. He knows everything. Our feelings are fickle. They cannot be trusted. They're ever-changing. But God is solid, and He knows everything. Not only does he know everything, he knows everything from the past, the present, and the future because he is outside of time. Remember, time is a created thing, a created concept. And again, this is something that we can't fully grasp, but this is where faith comes in, guys, because God is so much bigger. He's so much greater. He's so much more knowledgeable and, and powerful, omniscient, omnipresent, eternal that we cannot comprehend as we just read in Psalm. And some people I've heard say that there's no such thing as God because how can there be a being that exists outside of time? How can there be a, a being that exists outside of space? But in my opinion, this is just more proof and more evidence that there is a God. And in my opinion, that's the God I want to serve that is greater than anything I can even hope or imagine. That's the God I want to serve that is so much better than anything I will ever understand in this earthly body. That's the God I want to serve, and that's the God I do serve, and that I pray that you surrender your life to as well. So he's, he knows all things. He sees the past, present, and future. But God, or guys, God sees all things as well. Psalm 33, 14, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees the whole human race. And Hebrews 4, 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. And this truth used to scare me a little bit as a kid. I'd be like, uh oh, did God just see me do that or hear me say this or whatever? And then when I was really young, I'd be like, ew, God is a weirdo. Is he like watching me go to the bathroom or change or do all these things that I don't want anybody else to see? But obviously, as I grew up, I'm realizing and still learning that God, he's not a weirdo. He's not gross. He's so much higher than me. He looks at all those personal things like going to the bathroom, sleeping, you know, doing those things completely differently than we look. He's not some gross, weird God, peeping Tom kind of thing. <laughs> but anyway, in all seriousness, guys, this passage from what I understood it as a kid has now completely changed because what it means is that God sees you. Even when you feel overlooked or unseen, even when your heart is breaking because you just poured out your everything and gave it your all and it feels like nobody even noticed, God did. God was with you. He saw you. 
And I just want to encourage you this morning to keep pressing forward, to keep running your race because the word, his word tells us that nothing that you ever do for the Lord is wasted. God sees you and he is with you. And not just that, but God rightly understands all motives and he can't be manipulated. First Chronicles 28, 9. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought, which I love because there's so many times where my heart is in the right place, but I fall short. And then there's other times where people are doing things and you can just sense like this insincerity and God knows the motives and it's up to him to bring justice and it's up to him to take care of that. There's so many times that I want to step in and there are times where God will call us to step in and be the voice of, of righteousness and justice but sometimes it's literally just up to him and we need to just turn away. But anyway, he sees all, he understands all, he knows all past, present, future. And this also means God knows you better than you know yourself. Psalm 44, 21, for he knows the secret of every heart. First Kings 8, 39, for you, God alone, know each human heart. Psalm 139, one through four and verse six, I added in there. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts, even when I'm far away, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I'm gonna say even before I say it, Lord. And the verse six says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to even understand. And guys, he knows you better than you know yourself. And this means that he understands your heart. He understands your hurts. He understands how sin has affected your life. And what this means, the good news about the fact that he knows us better and he understands that is that he is the answer and he has the answer to life's doubts, mysteries, frustrations, disappointments, or whatever it is that you're navigating through. He is the answer, which means that his view on the matter is who we should be seeking. His answer, his truth is what we should be running after to find the answer to these questions, these doubts, these frustrations. It's his truth we should be seeking and trusting in, not our spouses, not our friends' opinions, not what our employer has to say about us. We don't need to be seeking or trusting in our own fickle feelings that are ever-changing. We definitely don't need to be seeking answers and, and trusting in the bottle of pills or that joint or, or that alcohol or whatever it is that you're turning to to find solace, to find rest, to find answers. Guys, nothing this world has to offer is ever gonna give you the answer that you are truly seeking, the answer that you truly need. Nothing in this world is gonna satisfy you. Only God's stability, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is trustworthy and his plans are far better than any plan that any person on this planet, any substance on this planet could ever have for you. I just, you gotta surrender to him because his plans for you are good. They're to prosper you, not to harm you. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. Are you willing and are you ready to put your trust in him? Because it's only by surrendering your will, your way, turning your back on this world and focusing on him, which is hard. The way is narrow. Guys, that's what the Bible means. It's not gonna be easy, but it's going to be worth it. And it's going to satisfy that soul deep 
ache that we keep seeking um, filling, fulfillment in, and all these other things. But only God can satisfy. Are you ready to put your trust and your hope and surrender your life into his hands? Because I promise his ways are better. And so I hope now you can see why it is necessary to have an understanding of the power and the presence of God in us, through us, through his Holy Spirit, by learning about how to welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives. So if you're not convinced yet, I've got one more point for you. Another super cool attribute of God that confirms the Holy Spirit is God because it's the same attribute of God being the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. This means that God is all powerful. Only God can create life. Job 33, 4, the spirit of God has made me. The breath of the almighty gives me life. Psalm 104, 30, when you send your spirit, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. And then only God can create something from nothing. Genesis 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And then it goes on to say in so many situations that God spoke and it was so. Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. The things that we see here was made from something that wasn't even visible. And that's only by God's omnipotence, his power. And then only God has ever been able to create everything and everyone. Colossians 1.16 tells us, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And this power, this omnipotence, this, this ability to be able to create life, create something out of nothing, create all things and everything, this is a signature of God alone. No one and no thing can come anywhere close to God's power. This includes Satan. And so many of us have this misconception about Satan's power. We, we have it backwards that we think Satan is God's equal but in an opposite that God that Satan is opposite of God he has just as much power but uses it for evil no that I think actually is a lie that Satan loves to deceive us with making us trapped and think that he's all so powerful but Satan is not God's opposite Satan opposes God because listen to this Satan does not possess the same characteristics that God possesses Satan is a created being created by the only one who can create life created by the only one that can create something out of nothing created by the only one who has created everything and everyone Satan is a created being Satan has limited knowledge God is omnipotent he has all the knowledge. Satan has limited ability to be in multiple places. He can only be in one place at one time. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all at the same time in his fullness. Satan has limited power. God is omnipotent. He's got all the power, which means that if God is in you via the Holy Spirit, you have got that power and Satan has no hold over you whatsoever. None. None. That means I want you to think about this. Stop living in the identity of the sin that Satan has placed in your life. The alcohol, the drugs, the profanity, the, the 
anger, the irritability, whatever it is that you feel bound to because you feel powerless in front of or in that presence, that is a lie from the enemy and God's power within you is stronger and better and stop accepting and agreeing with that identity and start walking and living in the truth of who the sun sets free is free indeed, that you are a child of God, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and his full power, his full presence is in you right here, right now at all times. Are you ready to receive it, believe it and walk in it guys? Which means that that lie that our flesh tries to convince us of that Satan has power over us, it can go back to hell where it belongs and it can stay because God has set you free. It's not by your might, it's not by your power, it's by the spirit of the living God and that spirit is in you. So I just wanna leave you with one final thought as we close this morning and it's, I'm gonna pose this question to you. Have you really thought about this truth? Have you let this truth that we've been speaking about for the last few weeks really sink in? Have you dug deeper into it and studied it more outside of the 30 minutes of a Sunday morning message? Because guys, it's, it's time. It's time to just stop coming to church. It's time to just stop tuning in 30 minutes once a week. It's time to come and, and stop forsaking the gathering of his people and come together where we are stronger in one accord. Guys, it's, stop to, it's time to stop just going through the motions and it's time to wake up sleeper and let Christ's light shine upon you because he wants to do great and mighty things in you and through you. And Jesus said that we would do greater things than he ever even did in his short ministry here on this physical planet. And he wants to take you to places that you never thought, that you never even dreamed that you would go. And he wants to use you to do great and mighty things that you never even would have thought you were able to do or even plan to do in your own brain. God wants to do that. And I believe that God is just saying to me, he, he keeps repeating in, in my head over and over, miracles, signs, and wonders, miracles, signs, and wonders, miracles, signs, and wonders. And I believe that he's giving me this this mantra or whatever you want to call it over and over again during the time that we're studying the Holy Spirit because it's in us and through us that he chooses to exert his power and he is ready to let something unleash on this world so that when people see the great works that we are doing in his name, in his power, when they see the miracles, the signs, the wonders that can only be explained by God in us, then they are going to give glory to our Father in heaven. The multitudes will come to know him because there's no other way. There's no way they can doubt the work that's at work in us, flowing out of us. And it's by us surrendering and allowing him to flow through us. So even if it seems crazy, even if it seems impossible in your own opinion, if God is calling you to do something, even if you feel like you're gonna fail, just do it. It's time to throw caution to the wind because we don't have time for caution. The kingdom is drawing near and the day of salvation is now. We don't have time to be a sideline Christian. We won't survive being a sideline Christian here in this world. This world will continue to get darker and darker if not for the power that we possess in us because of God's spirit. 
And so we just need to allow that resurrection power to flow with us today. We have seen him move. We know he's capable. We know he's able. We know he's willing. We know he can do it again. So let's allow him to do it. So I just want to challenge you this week to spend more time seeking him. Seek the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over, to come and rule and reign in your life, to reveal things in your life that need to move so that he can actually come in and do his thing, the things that only he can do. And you're going to have to spend time in his word. You're going to have to spend time listening to worship music. You're going to have to turn off the TV, get off of social media for 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, an hour, whatever it turns into. I want to challenge you to seek him and watch, maybe journal it throughout this next week, starting from today through next Sunday, keep a journal of the things that God is revealing to you, the things that he wants to change in your life, the ways that he wants to move. Journal those crazy thoughts that he's putting into your head about how he wants to use you to change this world and to bring people to him. And then let him do it. That's my challenge for you this week. And if you don't know this God, this God who is part of the three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, this creator who chose to create you and then make you his dwelling place, his temple, who loves you so much, who sees you, who is with you, who empowers you, who is mightier than anything and has more than what this world has to offer. If you don't know this God, I just wanna give you the opportunity this morning to surrender your life and watch how things change. Your perspective is gonna change and more importantly, your eternity is gonna change. So just, if you wanna know this Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I want to know you. I pray that you come into my life, forgive me of my sin, lead me, guide me. I surrender myself to you today. Teach me how to walk in your will and your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer the first time or the millionth time, reach out to us, call the church, send us a Facebook message, put a message on YouTube, whatever it is, we want to come and partner with you and come alongside you on this, this amazing, amazing, exciting adventure and journey. It's gonna be hard, you cannot do it alone, so please reach out to us. And for the rest of us, I just really challenge you to get in and seek the Holy Spirit's will for your life. I just wanna pray over us, and then I'll see you next time Thanks so much for having me. God, we just thank you for your power, your presence, that it is a real thing, God. And I just pray now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to just break down the barriers that are holding people back from accessing your fullness, God, your full presence, your full power all at once, individually for me, but also individually for them as well, God, because that's just how great you are. You are fully with us, fully present, at full power, at all times in each of us, God. And even if our human brains can't wrap our head around how that can even be possible, teach us. And again, I pray that you break down those barriers that are holding us back from receiving you in your fullness. And I just trust and I pray and I declare that great and mighty things, miracles, signs, and wonders are going to follow us because we're walking in your fullness at all times. I pray a blessing upon these people and I pray they come alive in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll see you later, guys.